Now is a great time to replace your worn-out windows during the Renewal by Anderson 25-Year Savings Event. Upgrade your home today. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Call now. Get four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty included. Renewal by Anderson takes every CDC-recommended safety precaution to protect your family. For 25 years, people have trusted us for their window replacement needs, and you can too. Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window replacement offer. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details. Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Russell Jackman. I'm not sure if Vern or FP are going to join us. Uh, We're trying to get them on the line. Um, At each commercial break, we are going to ask a sports trivia question. Today's uh, trivia theme is pitchers. And why? Because we have a special guest today, former Major League uh, Baseball pitcher, Scott Carl, who played for the Brewers, Rockies, and Angels. Did I do that correctly? In that order, exactly. And it's what's kind of neat is that um, I, I found a little tidbit here that said that you used to wear number 42. But then yes, I, I did. Yeah, and then when did that get uh, changed because of Jackie Robinson uh, uh, honor? Uh, it was either 97 or 98 when, when Bud Selig, the commissioner at that time, um, retired it. And But he, he did allow those of us that were still wearing it to continue wearing it. It just couldn't be handed out anymore. And I think, if I remember correctly, when that announcement came down, there were nine of us that still had it. And then by the time I was done, there were three of us. There was myself, Mo Vaughn and Mariano Rivera. Gotcha. And then did, did you, uh, did you wear it until you retired or did you? I wore it until I was traded to uh, the Rockies. I I was still technically allowed to wear it, but the Rockies owner uh, was not willing to hand it out. And so I didn't want to make a big stink about it. So I just moved on. You know, honestly, I think, I think if I were you, I would have done this exact same thing because I think the way that it was being honored, it would have been, even though you did have the number and you had the right to wear it, uh, I think that was uh, uh, very forward thinking to kind of say, you know what, in respect for this, I'll go ahead and and change my number. What what did you change to? I went to 19, which was uh, my collegiate number. Oh, that's that's always kind of fun. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit more to Scott Carl in the next segment, uh, because now he's now a wealth manager at Access Wealth Management. Um, And this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, still providing mortgage investments, currently yielding over 6% secured by real estate. Doesn't get any more conservative than that. Check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Stay with us. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back.
Navajo Lakeshore Lodge and Spa provides guests with an all-lakefront hotel in South Lake Tahoe, where every lodge room and condominium has a view of the lake and mountains. Hotel rooms offer lodge pine furnishings, gas fireplace, and a full lake view. Condominiums offer private bedroom, full kitchen, and living area with a fireplace. Guests can relax or play on over 500 feet of private beach and enjoy a dip in the outdoor heated pool and hot tub that are also lakeside. Elements Day Spa, located inside the hotel, offers individual and couples packages with treatments inspired by Tahoe's nature. The Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge and Spa, located close to all South Lake Tahoe summer and winter activities. Perfect for individual and group getaways to the lake and mountains. No added resort fees here. Call 800-448-4577 or go to TahoeLakeShoreLodge.com. Palio Restaurant's been the premier Italian restaurant serving downtown San Francisco since 1990. Palio features fine Italian fare and a Wine Spectator award-winning wine list, so there's no surprise it's been voted Best Italian Restaurant in the SF Weekly this year. Palio has consistently been voted one of the best restaurants in San Francisco by San Francisco locals. Palio's been in business for over 30 years and recently went through a complete remodel. Our guests can expect to receive the same excellence in food and service that has sustained us for over 30 years in a brand new and more modern space. Our 250-plus seat restaurant includes seating in four distinct spaces, making social distancing while dining easy in our establishment. All precautions are taken by staff to ensure a safe dining experience. Open Monday through Saturdays. Reservations are recommended. Visit paliosf.com to view our menus and make a reservation today. Experience the best of California at the AAA Four Diamond Portola Hotel and Spa. Voted among the top 10 hotels in Northern California by the readers of Condé Nast Traveler, Portola Hotel is the premier destination for family travel. Leading the way is the Central Coast's first LEED certified hotel. Portola reflects unparalleled modern coastal luxury in downtown Monterey. The serene environment is the perfect coastal-inspired escape. Featuring 379 newly renovated guest rooms and 60,000 square feet of meeting space with the adjacent Monterey Conference Center. The pet-friendly Portola Hotel offers several on-site award-winning amenities, including spa on the plaza, an outdoor pool, exceptional dining, a craft brewery, and more. Located steps away from Fisherman's Wharf and Cannery Row, it's all right there at the Portola Hotel and Spa. For more information, visit PortolaHotel.com. That's PortolaHotel.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my uh, co-host, Russell Jackman. I don't know where uh, Vern is. Got a lot of elbow room. One time we had like you know, five of us on there and it gets a little bit too too busy, so this is really good. Uh, our special guest is former Major League Baseball pitcher Scott Carl, who uh, played for the Brewers, Rockies, and Angels, and now is a wealth manager at Access Wealth uh, Management. Uh, again, Scott, welcome to welcome back to uh, uh, Sports Econ 101. Um, so let's let's start off with with your career. Um Go ahead and tell us, you know, you were, how did that start off? And then we'll transition into how you transitioned over to, to uh, wealth management. Yeah, no problem. Uh, youth wise, I was uh, soccer and baseball all the way growing up, tried all the sports, but really loved those two. And um, went to high school in Carlsbad, California, which is kind of Northern San Diego area. Got a, uh, had a foot, 
couple scholarships. Um, was really looking forward to some Pac-10 opportunities, but broke my ankle playing soccer my senior year, and those opportunities went away. And at the 11th hour, University of Hawaii uh, slipped in there on a referral from a former alumni, and they brought me over sight unseen, gave me a full ride, and it turned out to be a magnificent springboard. Um, left there after my junior year, uh, I was second team All-American and was drafted in the sixth round by the Brewers and really sped through the minor leagues pretty quickly. I had a phenomenal year in 92 in rookie ball. I think I went seven and oh, um, springboarded uh, to double A. So skipped over two single A teams for 1993 in El Paso, Texas. And again, had a very good year. I think I got pitcher of the year. Um, And so that pushed me up to triple A in 1994 where I had a good season. I wouldn't say it was a great season, but I had a good season. Um, but I was asked to go play in the Arizona Fall League that year. Uh, and then, of course, if anyone remembers, that was the year that the World Series got canceled yeah. and the whole strike went down. And so it was a little precarious, a little screwy in that I was, wasn't was a minor league player anymore, but I wasn't a big league player either. So I was kind of caught in the middle of the whole thing. Couldn't go to minor league spring training. Um, so got to the abbreviated big league spring training in 95. Um had a really good camp. I was always a starting pitcher, but the only opportunity they had at the moment was uh, as a reliever. So they put me in the pen and I had a really good spring training, but got called into the office about two days left, three days left, and was told by Phil Garner, my manager, hey, you did great, but I've got to go with this other guy who's got um, you know, some veteran leadership. And so we're going to send you back down. So of course I was not happy with that. Got in my car, drove from Phoenix, Arizona to New Orleans, as quickly as I could, parked my car at the airport, hopped a plane to Omaha, Nebraska to meet up with the AAA team, got in, got to the field the next morning. Manager says, hey, really appreciate you getting here so quickly, but I can't let you dress out. And of course, I just lost my mind thinking I had just drove halfway across the country to get here and get going. And he said, the reason you can't dress out is because the guy you were battling blew out his arm last night in an exhibition game. So you're going to go up to the big leagues. So that, uh, so that gave me the goosebumps. And, uh, so I met the team in Milwaukee to start the season and I went up and down twice that year, but then, uh, came up for the third time after one of the starting pitchers blew out his knee, trying to field a bunt, took over his spot. And then once he had healed up, um, he went to the bullpen. I stayed in the rotation and that was that. Let me ask you from a a mental standpoint, how is it when, you know, okay, getting getting the call up is awesome. It kind of reminds me of the movie uh, The Rookie, uh, you mm-hmm. know, with Dennis Quaid. Uh, but how is it like, you know, you're you're doing fairly well, but they send you down. What what goes through your mind at that time? You know, that's kind of well, that's it is. I'll, I'll tell you. I won't uh, I won't bog us down in too many stories, but this one's pretty pretty neat. The the second time I went up. I was supposed to be the starting pitcher in Buffalo AAA that day. And when I got to the stadium, the manager basically threw my bags at me and said, Hey, Milwaukee's been on a road trip. They're getting their butts kicked. They're out of pitching. You're going now. Just threw me in my bag, said, go to the airport, hop a flight to Cleveland. You're going to pitch for them somehow tonight. So I'm raced to the airport. I get to Cleveland. I show up in like the third inning, the clubhouse manager throws my uniform at me, says, get dressed, get out to the bullpen. They're going to need you. I go out there, they put me in, in like the eighth inning, super tight ball game, bases loaded, no outs. And I somehow got out of it with no runs. Oh, so, and you, awesome. 
you're talking Albert Bell, Kenny Lofton, <laughs> Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey. I mean, sluggers wow. everywhere. So got out of it. And then the next night they put me in the game again. And it was almost like Groundhog Day. It was just basically the same situation, like bases loaded, no outs late in the game. And I somehow got out of it again. So here I am thinking, like, I'm the best pitcher in the world. Oh, I can get the these fans, guys out. You know, everyone's just, there must be yeah. that, that was a that, that was in Cleveland, right? It was in Cleveland. So, of course, they weren't happy, but I was super happy. Yeah, I was going to say, they're all, and, no, don't send this guy in again. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, you know, heck, these guys are going to keep me forever if I keep doing this. And yeah. then I come to the field the next morning, and the beat writer stops me. And he said, hey, man, you, you did absolutely phenomenal. It was so awesome to watch you pitch. And I said, thank you. And he goes, it sucks that they're sending you back down. And I said, what? Excuse me? <laughs> and he said, oh, you haven't seen the manager yet this morning? I said, uh, no, no, I haven't. He goes, oh, you might want to go see him. So I go in to see Phil Garner. And he's like, hey, man, you did great for us. But, uh, you know, we have a guy coming off the disabled list, and I got to reactivate him, so I need your spot. So, yeah, I was like, okay, I, I clearly don't understand how this works because I thought I did great and I'm going back down. So I was back down for a couple of weeks until that other guy got injured. So yeah, it, it happens at that level. It's, it's very much a business as much as it is a game. Yeah. Because the thing is, you know, as a, I mean, I, and if I understand it correctly, when, you know, you're first pitching, the hitters have never seen you. So you, you have a you do have an advantage, don't you? Yeah, I mean, they have scouting reports or, you know, what yeah. limited scouting reports they have. But, yeah, until they really see it firsthand and they see the movement and they see the speeds and they see the delivery, yeah, it, it's yeah. a little bit of an advantage to me. And, and, and I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm trying not trying to diss you at all. I was just trying to get. No, um, no, those are true statements. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, it's weird because, you know, when we're watching as fans and we see certain players where we go, what's this guy even doing in the big leagues? You know, and, but he's still there, you know, whoever that person is. And you keep wondering, yeah. it's like, so guys like you who are doing really well, it's, you know, a lot of us, well, I guess the people who saw you pitch and then realized you weren't there are going, come on, bring this guy back up again. Well, it, you know, I, I appreciate that comment. And yeah, from some perspective, that is true. But in reality, if you, watched me on a long-term basis or you asked uh, a major league scout or anyone who was like a true baseball aficionado they would probably look at me and say why is this guy in the big leagues because I didn't throw very hard I was like a poor man's Tom Glavin I oh. <laughs> you know I, I hit my spots I changed speeds I tickled the corners okay. I you know threw a lot of ground balls and stuff like that um, and I, I, I feel like I had a pretty good career at it but you know, in today's standards, you wouldn't see a pitcher with my profile really pitching in the big leagues. I didn't throw hard enough. I mean, I threw like 88 miles an hour. Yeah, but, you know, finesse can do it. It's so funny. That reminds me when I had Billy Bean on one time, uh, I, I, I was teasing him and I said, you know, I, you know, I should try out for your team. I said, I can throw in the high 60s. You know, <laughs> I said every pitch would be an off speed pitch, you know, uh, it, it certainly would. Yeah, yeah. That's humor, though. He didn't laugh. He could just kind of, well, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, no, it was, you know, you're right though. It, it was a, it was a change of pace compared to some of the harder throwers that we had, but you know, back then there were, there weren't, there were more of us then than there. I mean, Tom Glavin threw that way. Yeah. Um, Jamie Moyer threw that way. I, we had a couple pitchers on my team that threw that way. And, you know, if you could hit your spots and you could change speeds and, and, and really the art of pitching, 
you could make a career out of it. And I had a couple or you know, I had at least four of my six years were really solid statistical years. So okay. very good. Okay. Do you feel that the art? Oh, oh wait, sorry. hey, Russ, you Russ, you know, it's so funny. Oh. You, pipe, you pipe in first now, right? When we're kind of cutting to a break. Let's ask our trivia question. When we come back, remember your question. All right. Here okay. we go. We're, here's our uh, trivia theme is uh, pictures. And by the way, um, Scott, if you know the answer, don't say anything until we get back. All right. Uh, All right. Which which pitcher was the first pitcher to sign a one hundred million dollar contract? That's our trivia question. Email Edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to this question. Which pitcher was the first pitcher to sign a one hundred million dollar contract? And see if you know the team also. All right, stay with us. Sports Econ One Hundred One will be right back. Hello? You there in the car. Listen, if I was a cop, I'd pull you over and ask to see your insurance. Woo! I bet that would scare the heck out of you. <laughs> but seriously, I still want you to get your insurance papers out. Whoa! That's ridiculous! Look, we all have cars. That means insurance. But newsflash, you don't have to pay a fortune for it. What smart people all over the United States are doing is saving hundreds of dollars hauling AIS insurance. Some of you could be saving up to $600 a year. Maybe with an extra $600, you can get your car washed at least once a month. I mean, come on, look at it. Look, my job is to help you save money on your car insurance. So pick up the phone, call AIS Insurance right now, and get your car washed, please. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. That's 800-756-3744. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-811-7913. 800-811-7913. That's 800-811-7913. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. 
Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with my co-host, Russell Jackman, who didn't say much in the first segment, the first two segments, but will say something here, and our special guest, Scott Carl. Uh, okay, guys, uh, first trivia question. Which pitcher was the first pitcher to sign a $100 million contract? I'm going to guess Doc Gooden. No, no, the thing was no. Yeah, I would say it's. I would say it's after that. I would say. Uh, let me give you the year, nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, uh, no, actually, it was Kevin Brown when he signed. Oh the yeah, Dodgers. that's right. Yeah, Brownie with the Dodgers. That's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Russell, you wanted to ask out a question. Yeah. Um, well, if I was gonna. I'll, I'll make it a compound one. Uh, with the new deal that they have, um, they're getting rid of, uh, the, or they're they're adding in the designated hitter. And since you played on both T, both leagues, I wanted to see what your thought was of the, um, you know, of pitchers no longer having to bat, and and what sort of implication that may, means for the game. And is it something that you think is going to benefit pitchers, or do you think it's going to make it more difficult because on the one hand pitchers don't have to bat anymore but on the other hand means that that normal soft spot of the lineup where you have an easy out you don't have that anymore as a pitcher Hmm. and and by the way you had a couple of home runs too didn't you i did i i had two home runs and i think i might even had a triple in there somewhere so yeah i i so Russ, that's a, that's a really good question. And I do have a, a, a strong opinion about it, but I, I may find myself in the minority here in that um, I, I don't like the DH. Um, I like hey. being a part. Yeah. I liked being a part of the game. I liked the strategy of it. I liked personally participating and I took pride in my bunting and and, you know, moving the runner over and doing whatever I could to help the team, which would, of course, help me since I'm on the mound. Um, I didn't like, you know, just coming in and sitting and, and you know, not being a part. I, I just felt disconnected from the offensive side of the game. So I, I like that. I understand why the union would want to push for it. It is an extra job for an extra player. Um but I just, I liked that part of the game. I liked that strategy. I liked, you know, maneuvering the bottom part of the lineup and if need be, you know, pitching around somebody so that you could, you know, statistically put yourself in an advantage and make the hitter or make the pitcher have to beat you with their bat. And, hmm. and so, I mean, it hurt me sometimes because there were times where I got pulled out of a game, you know, late in the game because, uh, you know, there were runners on base and the manager felt he needed a bat instead of me. And so I, I lost out on pitching an extra inning or two. And so that's unfortunate, but again, that's strategy. And, and, you know, without getting too high up on my soapbox right now, I, I feel like there's a lot of strategy missing in today's game. So I, I would have liked to have seen the DH uh, actually go away completely. Uh, but at a, at a minimum, just, have seen it stand the way that it was, but you know, oh I, well. I gotta, I gotta say that it was, it was, it's definitely really fun when you can, uh, when you have a pitcher who is talented for either bunting or speed or can hit, I mean, like, like Madison Bumgarner, you know, uh, a good hitter. And I remember the yeah. old days, blue John blue moon Odo. Sometimes he would actually come in as a pinch hitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's how good a, he was with the bat. Uh, and, yep. and people don't realize how difficult bunting really is. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I, it's, it is, you have to practice it. I mean, you're, you're basically turned and you're looking right at the hitter and he's throwing it and, and it's, you're not looking out the side of your eye. You're looking right at it. And it, yeah. if it is off the line and it's coming right at you, it, it's, it's pretty freaky. And then you have to have the finesse to not like make too much contact with it. Cause obviously if you bunt it too hard, you could be hitting it right to somebody who's going to double you up in a, in a heartbeat. So. Oh, that's gotta be, that's gotta be just a, taking the wind out of your sails when, when that happens. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, you, you feel, you feel like you've let the team down. You've, yeah. uh, you've probably like just squashed a rally. You've, you've done all kinds of negative feelings to it. And that's why it was just uber important to like really practice that trade because the flip side of it is like you get that down, you move that runner over the next guy gets him in, you win by one run. And it was, it's that run. It's that run that got you the win. And I can also see why they don't, why they're, you know, like the police say, the players union, you know, you're also kind of uh, protecting the pitchers from getting hurt, be it from running or getting hit with a bunted ball, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, I, I get yeah, it. yeah. I mean, there, you can, I think that's a weak argument though, because I mean, all through little league and, and even yeah. up till college, I mean, your pitchers are typically best. your best players out there on the field. And so we, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not non-athletes or anything. We are athletic. Yeah. So no, I'm not going to run a four, four forty down the line or anything, or, um, you know, but I, I, I'm not going to be stupid enough to like blow something out or, you know, I, I, I understand my, my first job is to pitch, but, um, yeah, I mean, or, or, you know, getting hit by a pitch, I got hit by pitches that sucked. It hurt, but I don't know. It's just, it's kind of part of the game. I, I just yeah. liked personally being part of the game in that manner. Yeah, as long as it doesn't hit your pitching hand, you know, that it's not as bad, but uh, do, have yeah. you, did you ever suffer any uh, uh, fairly major injuries while you're playing? Um, well, I, I got hit by a few line drives coming back at me. Uh, Don Mattingly hit a line drive off my shin. Um, Sean Casey hit a line drive off my hip bone. Yeah. Um, it's oh, funny you mentioned Don Mattingly because he, I remember a statistic about him that he was, uh, he had only hit like 19 uh, pop-ups in his, in his career. That's how good a contact hitter he was. So <laughs> you were on the receiving end of one of those. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I very much received it. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a hitter out of Montreal, uh, Shane, I cannot remember his last name, but he hit a line drive right back at my face that I barely blocked with my pitching hand. So that could have been ugly, but, um, you know, that was, thankfully I got away with that one with just some bumps and bruises. Um, I tore the cartilage on my, on my toe, um, pushing off the mound throughout the season, ended up having to have surgery on that one. That was pretty good, but I got away pretty easy as far as like arm injuries go. I had constant sore shoulders like any pitcher would, but I didn't have any of the Tommy John elbow issues. So, um, yeah. And, and, um, most of your career was as a starting pitcher? Yeah, other than that that first few months uh, with Milwaukee and then my last um, season, I did a couple stints in the Colorado bullpen and the Anaheim bullpen, but predominantly as a starter. And, I, you know, without looking at all, all your career online right now, um, were you on any good, com- you know, any good uh, competitive teams? Unfortunately, no. Uh, Milwaukee, I don't think we ever finished above 500. Um, 
the Rockies, we were, I think, in first place at the All-Star break, but we kind of faded in the second half, unfortunately. And then Anaheim, that was actually a really good team. I could tell that they had the components to really be a, a good team. They had three rookie pitchers that were on the rise. They had a good blend of, of veterans and, and younger players out in the field. They had excellent management. They had uh, Mike Sosha, first-year manager. Oh, yeah. They had Joe Madden as a bench coach. They had Bud Black as a pitching coach. Yeah. I mean, like good baseball minds. And so turns out they won the World Series two years after that. And you could just kind of see all the pieces that were there. So that was probably the closest. Gotcha. Yeah, that's always kind of hard to like be off the team for a couple of years and then, you know, <laughs> then, they, then they win it. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Russ, do you want to uh, pop in here and ask a couple questions? Because uh, I, I do want to, well, let's go ahead and transition into the business side of things. So what, because we've got like two minutes before we get to a break, and then we'll have our last segment. Um, so w what happened after, you know, at some point, you, you, it was it your decision to walk away from the game? Well, I not not due to lack of effort. I, I was let go by the angels and then I went to spring training with the Padres who then let me go. Um, I took a minor league open-ended contract with the Pittsburgh pirates, um, which allowed me to pitch for their triple a team. But if any big league team wanted me, I would be free to go. And, and, you know, so that was a very good opportunity. And I statistically was pitching very well, but again, my velocity was falling down to like 84, 85, and it just wasn't appealing uh, to the clubs. Um, and so I didn't get any invites. And so I decided to retire at that point in time. I think that was maybe June or July of, of 2001. So wait, but let me ask you something though. It, it, to me, I don't care if you can throw 25 miles an hour, it's statistics. You know, if, if you're winning, if you're, you know, if you're, which by the way, if you're pitching, when you were pitching in Colorado, that's probably the hardest between that or, or Chicago Cubs, right? Because yeah. of, the, of the elevation and how, you know, how many. Home oh yeah, no, it, Colorado was, it was difficult. And I, I'm with you. I don't think velocity is everything, but uh, many teams did feel that way. And so even though I could make the ball move and I could still hit my spots and I could change speeds, uh, they just didn't feel like there was enough velocity to make it work. So. Yeah, because I mean, look at Tom Candiotti, eh? all the knuckleball pitchers. You know, they they don't throw. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Hey, like yeah. we're gonna cut to our second uh, second trivia question. Which team was the last team to have four twenty game winners? And again, we're talking uh, baseball pitchers. That's our theme today. Which team was the last team to have four twenty game winners? All right. Uh, email edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to that question i'll give you a hint it is it was a team that was in the 1970s so there have not been four 20 game winners and <clears throat> obviously the game has changed quite a bit in the last uh you know gosh that's oh my gosh that's going to almost 50 years now <laughs> yeah um, it seems like yesterday you know yeah. um, okay all right stay with us sports econ 101 i'll be right back Catch Some Relief is the first CBD company to market directly towards fishermen. While we market towards fishermen and the outdoorsmen, our products are for anyone suffering from inflammation and anxiety. 
At Catch Some Relief, we don't sell CBD oil. We only sell products with the highest amount of bioavailability. Spend your hard-earned dollars on products that work. At Catch Some Relief, wherever your pain, we have you covered. So check out CatchSomeRelief.com to relieve your pain. Experience the best of California at the AAA Four Diamond Portola Hotel and Spa. Voted among the top 10 hotels in Northern California by the readers of Condé Nast Traveler, Portola Hotel is the premier destination for family travel, leading the way as the Central Coast's first LEED certified hotel. Portola reflects unparalleled modern coastal luxury in downtown Monterey. The serene environment is the perfect coastal-inspired escape. Featuring 379 newly renovated guest rooms and 60,000 square feet of meeting space with the adjacent Monterey Conference Center. The pet-friendly Portola Hotel offers several on-site award-winning amenities, including spa on the plaza, an outdoor pool, exceptional dining, a craft brewery, and more. Located steps away from Fisherman's Wharf and Cannery Row, it's all right there at the Portola Hotel and Spa. For more information, visit PortolaHotel.com. That's PortolaHotel.com. Live life at the Mount View Hotel and Spa. There's something for everyone at the Mount View Hotel and Spa. We've all been spending more time at home and living differently. But when you're ready for a change of scenery, make yourself at home at the Mount View Hotel and Spa. We make it easy for you to work, play, and stay in Calistoga. With many amazing daily happenings and so many wonderful things to do in and around the hotel, there's an array of activities just waiting for you. The safety and comfort of our guests is of utmost importance. As a small boutique hotel, there are never large crowds and we offer beautiful indoor and outdoor socially distanced space so you can relax and continue to live life. Making memories for 100 years. That's the MountViewHotel.com. Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael is open for both takeout and delivery. So if you want pizza the way it ought to be, call us at 415-454-4300 or go to MountainMikeSanRafael.com and order online. You can either pick up your fabulous pizza or we can deliver it to you. Our dough and shredded cheese are made fresh daily. Mountain Mike's is the official pizza of the San Francisco 49ers. So call 415-454-4300 or go to MountainMikeSanRafael.com and order your pizza. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Russell Jackman, our special guest, former Major League Baseball pitcher Scott Carl. Second trivia question, guys. Which team was the last team to have four 20-game winners? And it happened in the 1970s. And if you're, uh, if you can't, I'll give you a hint, 1971. I'm going to guess the Dodgers. No, it was the uh, Baltimore. I'll guess the A's. No, it was the Orioles. Orioles. Oh, yeah. so you... they just won the 1970. Well, okay. Yeah, right. Because right, they, I'm trying to remember, because uh, the Pirates won in 71, the Orioles won in 70, and okay. uh, the Amazing Mets in 69. Okay. Um all right. Uh, so Scott, um, okay. So we're, we're fast forwarding now. Uh, you're, you're realizing it's time to hang up the cleats and the pitching glove. Uh, what, what was the transition at that point? So the, the first year was essentially pouting. 
um, I was not mentally prepared to be out of the game. I was 30 years old and 30 years old as a starting pitcher is usually your prime, but yeah. um, nobody wanted to offer me the job. So it was, I spent the first year, I played golf like six days a week. I didn't do much of anything, but I couldn't even watch ESPN. I'd see somebody pitching and I would pitched against them the year before and I'd beat them. And I'm like, how do they have a job? And I don't. So it was, it was tough. And I wrestled with it a lot, but it, after a while, I got used to it. Uh, I had a buddy. Let me interrupt for a second. Um, had you had a decent bank account, though? Well, so um, I appreciate you asking that. So I, I did make quite a bit of money, what I felt was a good amount of money in baseball. Um, but I unfortunately made the majority of my money in 2000. So the, the dot-com crash year. Uh, and and I had an advisor that uh, was not minding the shop and mm-hmm. what did not take my uh, best interest at heart. And he kept and I, I was an intelligent person, but I was really busy on trying to save my career and I wasn't paying attention a lot. And he kept investing in all the high flying techs as they uh, were falling off a cliff. And when I finally looked up, I would say a good 60 something percent of my funds had been lost. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and so I obviously immediately fired him and took it all back in myself. And I was an accounting major at school. So I, you know, I liked numbers. And so I just tried to sort of write the ship and, and, you know, get everything back. And, and so I managed my own money for quite some time. Um, but I didn't really go into the financial advisory world in the beginning. Um, I wasn't really a huge hunter and gatherer. Um, as strange as that sounds, because it is kind of a requirement in our business. But I, I guess I didn't like being hounded to manage my money when I played. And so it felt weird for me to hound other people for their money. But so I took a route through the mortgage industry. I, I did just about every different job in the mortgage industry and transitioned from there to venture capital. And I was in venture capital doing due diligence and fundraising and so forth. And then was offered an opportunity at a financial advisory firm who wanted to uh, get rid of, of one of their advisors and have me take over that book and service it, which I thought was the best way to enter the business. So I got my licenses very quickly, um, took over, retained like 97% of those clients for the firm. They were very uh, appreciative of that. And then I just kind of grew my book through them. We, we sort of parted ways about five, six years ago. And now I've been on my own independent since then with, with Access Wealth and, and so, love it. So let me ask you, and again, uh, we, we talked the same language because uh, I've got my bachelor's degree in accounting and a master's degree in tax. So we, <laughs> we can relate on that. Um, how easy was it to um, use your, quote, stardom of, of being a baseball pitcher? In one respect, I could see it would really help. In, in another respect, there may be people who are dealing with money who would, you'd have to kind of really prove yourself because people just have this assumption about athletes. Yeah, no, they think athletes are, are you know, I, they can think a lot of things and, and some of them aren't very good, but um, I, I never really led with that. Honestly, I don't, I don't know if it was just my upbringing or whatnot, but it, it, it feels weird to lead with, Oh, I was a, a major league baseball player. Um, yeah. You know, cause that's, that was a part of me. It's not who I am. I feel like I'm an intelligent person who, you know, handles his own finances very well and wants to handle yours very well. And oh, by the way, 
I did play major league baseball. And so I have been around a, a lot of high net worth individuals. I've, I've experienced a lot of, um, emotions. I've, I've dealt with high pressure situations. And I think all of those, those, uh, experiences would help me very well, you know, in, in business with you. And, and so I, I never, I never really lead with it, but when it comes out, I'm not shy about it. I of course talk about it and it was a great part of my life. And, uh, and so I think that, um, it being a part of me and not my entire existence, um, is, is very helpful. And do you, uh, do you still stay in contact with some of uh, your former teammates or just other players you are familiar with? Uh, more so lately, I, I would say over the last five years, there was, there was a big sort of chasm there after I left the game again, cause I was pouting and upset with it. And I just kind of walked away from it completely. But um, over the last five years, I've really kind of reintegrated into some charity golf tournaments where I've seen some of my former teammates and, and uh, adversaries, and and it's great to kind of reconnect over this time. I've done um, fantasy camp for the Brewers, where I was one of the coaches, and had an absolute blast doing that, and can't wait to do it again. And so, yeah, it's it is nice to sort of reimmerse myself amongst amongst the guys and and be a part of that fraternity. Well, you know, it's kind of neat. You mentioned about the golf, and because uh, Russell has uh, come with me on at least one occasion, um, so. I, uh, we get asked every year, except for COVID uh, situation, um, it was the Joe Morgan uh, tournament. Now it's the Joe Morgan Memorial Tournament, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And they have mm -hmm. all kinds of famous athletes from yesteryear uh, come play golf. And it's, uh, for, for, it's a, a charity thing. It's, very, it's really, uh, it's a lot of fun. We, what we do is we, we get to host the tent um, and the guys will come and I'll actually do the show at the, at the golf tournament. You know, and uh, hey, Rick Barry, come on over, and Tony Larusa, come on over, Vita Blue, come on, you know, and so they'll they'll come, and we'll talk just like we're talking here, and then it's kind of fun because I get to play golf with them afterwards, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Wally Joiner uh, puts on oh, yeah. a, a really nice one down here in, in Orange County area, which yeah. uh, helps to benefit a children's hospital up near Long Beach, and so he gets a lot of guys to come through there, and that's where I've been able to reconnect with the, some of them, and so that's been a really fun one. And. Uh, there was, were you, was he on the angels at the same time you were not same time. I mean, yeah. he was there, but not, we weren't together. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I was going to say that with him, I mean, with you being on the, the angels, uh, for two years, was it? Uh, no, I was only with the angels for about six weeks. It was the very end of oh, 2000. Oh, gotcha. Cause you're, you're yeah. sort of in that, you're in this, excuse me, the Southern California area. And, you know, you think that like when you're in the area of a team you're playing with, like, again, Wally Joyner played for the Angels and he's down in, in Southern California, that there's a, a big connection there. Um, yeah, no, we just I mean, we we just through the fraternity, we know quite of the same few people. And I, I I think he had some some openings at his tournament and and didn't know who to call. And somebody said, hey, you know, give Scott a call. He's a decent golfer. And so he called me and we hit it off and I joined and then I got invited back and invited back. So it's very kind of him. Well, very good. Um, and does, I'm trying to think now, does baseball, do they have pensions? They do. Yes. And it's, it's a very, very good pension. I'm, I'm technically eligible to draw it now, but it, it works sort of like an annuity where if you take it younger, it's not as much. Yeah, if I wait until I'm 60. Yeah. So if I wait till I'm 62, that's my, my full age pension, in which case then that's the max number I can receive. Gotcha. Yeah. It's funny. I, I just turned. Now, I, 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 go ahead, Russ. 
Oh, I just wanted to say in this recent lockout and deal that's happened, who do you think was the winner or loser? Or do you think both sides won? Do you think both sides lost? What What's your thought in the, the most recent lockout and the resolution to it? Uh, that's a good question. I, you know, I tried to stay apprised of it and, and the, and the really important topics that, that came from it, but I, I guess I, I kind of got frustrated at both sides in the fact that they, they couldn't work this out uh, faster than they did because I was on a couple of those negotiating committees when I was the player representative for Milwaukee. And, and so we were able to kind of get the job done and, and stave off any kind of uh, stoppage in play. But um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think – I think it's about an equal ground um, just again, from the outside looking in, I, I still have yet to talk to a couple of, of people that I know uh, are more familiar with the situation and sort of get their take on it. But as far as I can tell um, it was, it was probably a draw and, and that's even more frustrating because they could have probably come to a draw a lot sooner. I think the one thing that really tends to bother me is the time that lapsed between when the owners locked out the players to when the owners actually came around and to have a meaningful conversation. There was a huge gap in sure. time there, which, which I don't understand at all. Like that, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. They just try to, it was just to ratchet it all up and to, to make people even like, you know, the public more yeah. urgent, you know, and, and what really was sad is that a lot of the uh, spring training cities lost millions of dollars in tourism that, you know, Major League Baseball is not lifting a finger to recompensate anyone for their loss well, of not getting a spring training. You're right. That's that's a great point. And I, I, it just appeared to me like the owners had a very defined plan. They, they did the lockout when they did. They went radio silent for as long as they did. They just, it was very calculated on, on their side. And so I, I don't like that. It doesn't sound like it's a sort of a mutual uh, process in that manner. Um, and then to your point, yeah, the, the, the people that lost out the most are those cities that host the spring training and the fans. I mean, the spring training is probably one of the best opportunities for fans to get up close and personal. You know, they, they can get closer to the players to have that kind of access that, that then feeds a, a fever like, Hey, that's my favorite player now because, you know, I got to talk to him or high five him or he gave me a ball or it's a memory that's created for the, the, the younger generation. And that, that was missed because during the season, it's, it is more difficult to get an autograph or to get some quality time around the players. And so that's, that's an important part of the game that they just completely dis discarded. Yeah, I remember going to spring training a lot, uh, a few years in a row, and and it was so much fun because it was, you know, you cared but you didn't care, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it was, I mean, I loved spring training because I pitched my one day and then I went and golfed the other four, and I just got myself ready for the season. And the weather was great in in the yeah. Phoenix Valley, so um, I loved spring training, and and it was it was fun to shoot the breeze with the fans and and you know just have the more relaxed atmosphere. Cause you know, once the season begins, it's all about wins and losses and keeping yeah. your job and doing all that. So it's nice to have that sort of reprieve beforehand. And I get, yeah, I got to think that, uh, you know, what we're doing a situation with the owners is kind of tough because once you, you come out of it, there might be still a little bit of angst between, you know, players and, and ownership. 
another hole off. And you there know. always is. Hopefully, hopefully it'll back down, but there always is some. All right. And by the way, I just turned 62. So I, I uh, went on social security looking at social security and I realized if I make any social security, I give, give it all back. So for me, it doesn't make any sense to take it right now. All right. Uh, here's our third trivia question. Now this one is a little easier. I figured I'd give you guys an easier question. Name the pitcher who served up Joe Carter's World Series winning home run in the 1993 World Series. You guys will know that one. Okay. Answer when we get back. Stay with us. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. Travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855 855- 325-1780. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. Hey, listen up. Before the weather changes, get new windows in your home and save possibly hundreds on your energy bill. Call the Window Replacement Hotline right now and take advantage of their special savings event. Get your leaky, drafty windows replaced with energy-efficient, beautiful, virtually maintenance-free windows at this year's rock-bottom prices. Our prices are so low, we don't want to scare the competition. The only way to hear about our window savings is to call. Yes, you must call our special toll-free number for the 
best window replacement prices in town. Get your new windows, patio doors, and more from the Window Replacement Hotline. Get ready for the change in weather. Save on your energy bills. Call right now for tremendous prices on new windows and beautify your home. Call the Window Replacement Hotline now. 800-685-2080. That's 800-685-2080. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Russell Jackman, our special guest, Scott Carl. Okay, guys, uh, name the pitcher who served up Joe Carter's World Series winning home run in the 1993 World Series. Go ahead, Scott. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Mitch the Wild Thing Williams. That's exactly correct. Yeah, in fact, if you remember, he was also the pitcher who uh, gave up uh, the base hit to Will Clark, uh, mm-hmm. right, to get him into the. Um, I think it was to get him into the World Series. Or yep. The, yeah, and it's funny because that was the one time. That's actually why, if I'm not mistaken, that's the reason why now uh, everyone talks into their mitt. Because Will was able to read the lips of Mitch, you know, it was going to be okay, fastball inside. <laughs> yep, yep, that that could have easily been it because I know that, that it was right around then when people started to cover their mouths. Yeah, and that's without all the cheating of uh, you know the Astros and all that. Other oh yeah, that's a, that's a whole other show. We'll wait. For that <laughs> yeah, one. Well, well, you know what? We're going to have you on another time to talk about all the stuff that the the uh, typical audience uh, uh, for the fans like have no idea what really goes on. All right. And uh, before we cut out for our thoughts today, again, we want to thank uh, our special guest, Scott Carl, former uh, baseball pitcher. Uh, Okay, here's our thoughts for the day. So I got thrown out of my local park after arranging the squirrels by height. They didn't like me critter sizing. But I'm pumped. Okay. Okay. Russ loves when I come up with these dad jokes there. Vern usually laughs at them. Okay. And I hate it when I think I'm buying organic vegetables, but when I get home, I discover they're just regular donuts. All right, tune in next week to Sports Ecom 101. We'll be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Adios. So long. <laughs>